Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. Looking forward to talk with another one. <laughs> Deuces. <laughs> Please cut that out. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of is fitz happy i'm emma and i'm luke and we're here today to talk about chapter four apprenticeship ah yes where fitz learns a bunch of stuff yeah lots of stuff yeah (laughs) meets another very important person as well yeah i'm really excited about this chapter i have a lot to say about everything i feel like but when do i not have an opinion on everything so (laughs) (laughs) i feel like that's the same with you know, me too. We've yeah, <laughs> we've fair. talked a lot so far about these books, and it's only chapter four. <laughs> Very excited to dive into this and keep going. Yes. Okay, so we start with King Victor. Yeah. Uh, this whole beginning story here mm-hmm. basically seems like a parable to me. Like it's like they're yeah. learning history, and they have these like little nuggets of wisdom. Who knows if they're actually true or not? Fair. Yeah. But. I feel like this one applies to at least one point in the chapter. And I know a lot of these header stories apply to the chapter that they're heading mainly. Yeah. But I think this one is is kind of important in a couple places. So. In which places? Uh, We'll get to it. Okay. There. (laughs) Anything specific you want to say about the story at all? Um, I think it's interesting that we have uh, someone who would be queen of an area coming to um, eventually marry the king of um, Buck, but um, queen graciousness. Yes. Um, yeah. And I think that's kind of an interesting co- uh, contrast between her and uh, Regal's mom, because it doesn't sound like she ever, I mean, I guess this is just a little tiny story and who knows what her, she really was like, but it doesn't seem like, she wants the throne. She came expecting the worst, but got to be a tutor. Yeah, um, and I, if I'm not mistaken, I think that's the same duchy that Regal's mom is from. Queen Desire, I think, is mm-hmm. from Pharaoh. It's the, yeah. the conquered the inland territories that eventually became the duchy of Pharaoh. Yeah, I think they're from Tillith. But oh, okay. But Tillith and Pharaoh are kind of always mentioned together. Yeah. So because they're, I think the, I don't, I they're guess like I don't landlocked or something. Yeah, they're the two the, inland duchies. Yeah. But Sands Edge, like the Brandy, yep. also <laughs> <laughs> important, important little point there. Um, but uh, I really like the quote: um, "A ruler must be of all his people, for one can only rule what one knows," and. I guess I just like that the king is all about the people and wants to be a better king and make a better kingdom and rule well, um, which was is nice to see and kind of shows how the duchies all work because it is a bunch of dukes kind of ruling their own area and then deferring to the king. So it's interesting to see that um, it's always been uh, something that has been worked on to get them all to be one nation 
but celebrating the differences in each area. Right. Yeah. So it's a lot to handle and it's a really good lesson. And that's specifically the quote that I had highlighted as well for later. Okay. Um, but we move on to Fitz waking up. Yes. He's real tired. <laughs> Woke up. He went to bed early. Yeah. And wakes up late. I can relate to that, but, <laughs> um, yeah, but I think it's interesting that he feels uneasy that someone could enter his chamber and move freely without waking him, which is something that he th- seems to think about a lot. But I always just thought it was because he was trained to be an assassin. I guess I didn't remember that even this early he like thinks about it as something that he's not comfortable with. I think it comes down to his wit abilities in mm-hmm. general because he's usually used to seeing or feeling all of the life around him. Yeah. So he must have been extremely tired after horse riding and then sword fighting and everything to go to bed early (laughs) and then not recognize when another life form goes into his room. Yeah, true. Fair. I I sleep like the dead in the morning, so I can relate really hard to that. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess, I mean, he hasn't really been working out before this, and he's basically just worked out all day the day before so i'd be pretty tired too um speaking of working out uh he runs down to the stables mm. Eric is like no i they need you up at the castle <laughs> he runs to the kitchens to ask after mistress hasty the seamstress uh-huh. and then he goes eventually makes his way back to his own room and then a few doors down from that to find her yeah. <laughs> What a fun little morning exercise. Yeah. Get yourself woken up. Trotting everywhere and all the Uh sores from yesterday are waking up in his body. Uh Uh-huh. Ooh. (laughs) And he doesn't even want the clothes, which, what a, like, 10-year-old boy thing to do. Like, I don't even need clothes. My clothes don't fit me, but whatever. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so then we're introduced to Mistress Hasty. And Mistress Hasty is surrounded by two other women in there. And also a guy that doesn't ever get brought up again after we just briefly oh, touched I over completely him. forgot about him, yeah. <laughs> He's at the wheel. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. I think it's wool. <laughs> Let me check. Hold probably. On. It's buckkeep. It's probably wool. <laughs> it's summer. They gotta have their wool ready for their winter clothes. <laughs> a lad not much older than I was rocking to the gentle pace of a spinning wheel. So I guess I don't know what he's spinning. That's usually yarn, I think. I don't know. Yeah. For sure, but yeah. And they just gossip the whole time. Yeah. And I just want to note, before we get into what they're talking about, this whole passage with them feels like the seamstress's name. It's so quick and fast-paced, and there's just a massive paragraph of line after line of line of information that Mm -hmm. we receive that Fitz doesn't know because he's 10 years old Mm -hmm. and everything kind of flies above him. I think it was very clever of Robin Hobb to pack all that info in to show us, the reader, what's going on to make us understand. Even if Fitz, as a 10-year-old, didn't really collect all this information before this is what's been happening around and it shows us a lot of different things yeah and the first thing that they talk about really is patience yes oh this part was really frustrating for me personally to read um just because i guess i don't know i feel it like as a girl as a woman um i just thought it was really 
ridiculous that they're talking about how um, she should be ashamed. And um, let's see. It specifically says that Chivalry's stamp is much too plain on his face to leave her any pride at all. Which is like, oh, you can tell this kid is Chivalry's, so poor poor patience. And it just was so frustrating. Like, they're talking about how horrible it is for Chivalry that he had to step down. And then they're talking like, patience is nothing and it's her fault and it's like hello patience doesn't have any control in this situation she can't help that she can't have kids she can't help that you know it's not like the none of this is her fault at all and they're still like oh she should feel ashamed because she can't have any kids and it's just so stupid and I just got really frustrated reading how they were so lenient towards chivalry not that they don't talk bad about him later but in this <laughs> specific instance about a child, they're like, oh, she should feel shame that she doesn't have a kid of her own. And I don't know. And they never specifically call out that they that patients should be ashamed. They kind of speak, oh, we're commiserating with her. It's so sad. Mm-hmm. But it's all around the edges of like, yes. mm-hmm. Which is super real, I guess. Like, it's, a, I don't know. It does feel like a real conversation you would overhear yeah a real gossip and we we do get a confirmation that patience is barren that there were mm-hmm. multiple miscarriages yeah and that her health is frail in general mm-hmm. um and this is really where fitz learns the full story of how the news of himself was received when it got to buck yeah because all of this happened before fitz actually made it to buckkeep mm-hmm. so it, it's it's presented to a child of 10 years old for the first time yeah which would be really hard i mean in four it's years not, yeah yeah it's not his fault that any of this happened and i could you can just see how a child would take in this information and be like oh it's my fault and like oh and he, he talks about it later yeah. too in this chapter he i mean this is where he first learns it and it kind of just Praise on his mind for a while. Yeah. Well, because he already kind of thinks that it's something to do with him, right? We know that he feels weird about the fact that he's a bastard. He knows it's not a good thing. Um, so I could see how he could probably before this have a little feel a little bit of maybe guilt, but not really sure. And this maybe just cements that, you know, I don't know if any of that made sense, but just, I can see how like you would, maybe be like maybe i'm in i'm the problem but i don't know and then hear an adult talk and be like oh no it really is me (laughs) i'm curious of what you think of the gossip itself do you think it's true that quote patience took my existence as the ultimate rebuke and her health never sound after so many miscarriages completely broke along with her spirit do you think hearing of fits broke her down and like helped make chivalry make that decision to step down that's what i don't know i think it would be really hard if i was putting myself in her shoes it would be really hard especially after a lot of miscarriages you're trying for a baby to then find out that your husband has a child and like it you didn't he didn't even tell you you don't know if he knew or not. You just know that he hasn't told you. Now you've found out. 
And I would assume he would tell her that he knew, but who knows at this point. And I could see how that would just hurt. And you would just be so upset and hurt that maybe it would seem to others like it broke you. But I think she's just such a strong woman in general. I don't think it fully broke her. I think it just really hurt her feelings. She is, I mean, it would hurt anybody's feelings. She is a very strong woman, but at the same time, she's extremely, I don't know if flighty is the word. (laughs) I could just say eccentric, I guess. Yeah. Where she has different fits of emotions when she first sees Fitz Chivalry and talks to him. She goes from raging to weepy to calm and like, why haven't you learned this yet? (laughs) Yeah. So I'm I'm really curious as to how she acted when she first learned it. I could see her... It later says in here that... Patience blamed Beric as well for chivalry's laps and morals and had declared that she could no longer abide the sight of the man. I completely believe that. Yeah. That she flew off into a rage and like, no, this man drew my man astray Uh eventually. And so I'm really curious as to how much chivalry's death and that announcement shook her health if she is the same as we meet her later in the series or if she was slightly different earlier before this. Yeah. Because there's always a little bit of truth to gossip, but this is, we we really don't know. Yeah, we don't. And I think, I mean, she is young. Yeah. So I could see her being even more erratic (laughs) with emotions. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But also, I don't see this as something... That she would have, like, I guess every time I think about this, I think it's odd that she wouldn't have just wanted to meet Fitz to begin with. I I understand that she would be upset and angry, and I know that she would probably not want to at first. But just thinking about how badly she wants a child, and this is somebody who looks just like her husband, uh, which I guess I don't know if she knew that yet. But it just always seemed odd to me. That it's always put as like, oh, patients couldn't handle it. And she's so strong and so nurturing and just a wonderful person. Obviously, I'm biased because I really like her. But <laughs> Who doesn't? Patience is the best. She's so cool. I want to be patience. She doesn't care what anybody <laughs> thinks. She's going to do her own thing. I, ugh, role model. But I guess she probably did get upset. I would believe that she got upset and probably said the stuff about Burek. It could be... The reason why she hasn't come back to Buckkeep or anything to see him, it could be because of chivalry slash they don't want they don't want the prince or the former king in waiting to come back to steal any of Verity's thunder. True. I think that would be a royal discussion. And then they're like, no, we I I can't leave patience. So if you want to go by yourself, sure. (laughs) But I can't. And see, that's what I wonder too. I wonder if chivalry has kind of put it out there that, oh, the reason that I can't do this anymore and that I'm leaving is for Patience's health and kind of blaming her and not taking that blame and that she's letting him because she knows that his image is so probably pretty important to him. See, I don't think it's chivalry. It's the it's the chade and shrewd propaganda machine working in the background and there's a there's a later sentence in here that says that they're t- they're talking about Verity. Yes. Yep. And they're like, oh, uh, make a much better king yep. waiting. Now there's a man among men, a king folk 
could look to and see his royalty. He rode hard, soldiered hard, and yep, you know that's such propaganda and such that's, a success of yep. the scheming minds of the two half brothers. Oh yeah, I read that and I was like, that's shades of work right there. Oh yeah, to flip <laughs> to flip everything around from chivalry, because chivalry would make a better king than than Verity. Yes, like objectively, he would. Some people would get, you know, kind of upset by him being so perfect all the time, but he is such a good diplomat. We have so many good examples. Mm-hmm. And then to have that turned around after, you know, a couple years and be like, of course Verity would be better the whole time. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's such a success to see that attitude just be gossiped around like it's normal. Yeah. Like everybody always thought that anyway. Yeah. Uh-huh. But they do um, talk bad about Burek as well. Yes, old Burek. Old Burek. He's 30. Yeah, they, they mentioned that too. It's like old Burek, they called him, and him still in his prime. But apparently he was a hottie, like a real hottie. Um, yeah. I just want to read this here. <laughs> was a time when no woman of the keep walked quickly past him. To catch his eyes was to make yourself the envy of nearly anyone old enough to wear skirts. Yeah. I get it. He's strong. He's muscular. He was connected. Yeah, he was connected. (laughs) Ugh. I don't know. Burek just reads as a hot guy. (laughs) Old Burek? Old Old Game Foot (laughs) Burek? Hey, be nice. At one point, he wasn't old Game Foot or Game Knee. I don't know. Game Leg. True. Yeah, so uh, Fitz is kind of getting like a whole education in what everyone thinks of the people that he looks up to or have only heard from Burek's perspective or like have just been talked about in circumstantial ways. Yeah. And he's just getting it straight up to the face. A tidal wave of information. Yep. Just all at once. (laughs) All the while fabrics were shoved against him and debated and then he got shooed out of the room. (laughs) And the whole thing is, it's, like I said at the beginning, it, it's written so well and so cleverly that it's, it feels like it happened in a whirlwind. It feels like it happened so fast, mm-hmm. and then it just kind of, like, shoved out, and you're like, okay, we're carrying on with the rest of the chapter. Yep. But it was just a, a full block of interesting things that Fitz just learned. Yeah, which is information the reader has been missing, yeah. and that we needed to know anyway. So, it's just a clever way to do it. There is one sentence in here I do want to point out. Um, mm-hmm. Chivalry is 100% Fitz's father. <laughs> There's a huge parallel here where it says, Chivalry, substantially quieter a man than he had been before, was gradually learning stewardship of his vineyard rich valley. Talking about Withy Woods. And that's literally Tom Badgerlock yep. later in the series. I thought that too. I was like, hey, he is basically his dad. <laughs> yeah. It's it's exactly what he had to he had to learn to slow down to learn stewardship of the valley and not be the center of everything of all these intrigues and things like that. So it's it's a really cool parallel. Yeah. So it kind of continues on where Fitz goes back to Hod. Mm-hmm. exercises more gets more sword work in and then gets his clothes back eventually after a few days yes 
Um, and when he gets his clothes back, he notices that his clothes have a leaping buck. Or no. No, not a leaping buck. The uh, soldiers wore the leaping buck. Yes. His has the stag's head on it. But. The buck's head. It had a slash of a red stitching that cut it diagonally. And he asked Birk about it because he doesn't really know what it means. Yeah. And it's basically... Using... <laughs> and Birk just straight up says, yep. it means just, you're a bastard. <laughs> just like, you know, he named him Fitz. Uh-huh. Birk brings up that he could now choose a name and a crest of his own. And that seems to surprise Fitz. And, of course, Birk is just super, like... He's very relaxed and chills. Yeah, like, yeah, it's normal. Of course. Just pick a, you know, pick a name. And f- I did want to, before we talk about the name section, point out that, uh, point out that Bjork says, bastards are rare in the noble houses, especially so in the king's own, which made me laugh now that I'm rereading this because let's see, um, there's Fitz. We also know of Shade. Mm-hmm. Um, but then later, Shade has two illegitimate children. Fitz has an illegitimate child. Um, and, <laughs> you know, just um, everybody. <laughs> I'm sure Regal had a few. Oh, you know, the only reason it's not, it's rare in the royal family is because it's rare that their money can't shut the person up. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's rare to be acknowledged. Uh-huh. I, I Fitz just happens would be to look better. <laughs> just like his dad. Yep. So I just wanted to point out that he says it's rare, and it's like, well, seems like it's about one per generation that seems to be acknowledged at least, so... <laughs> After that little portion, Burek tells Fitz that he should pick a name for himself. And Fitz is like, what name? You know, what do you choose? And Burek is, you know, whatever name, you know, it doesn't matter. And Whatever you like. Yeah, (laughs) whatever you like. And Fitz says that it wouldn't be real because... A name I just put to myself, it wouldn't feel like it was really mine. And that's obviously true. And Burek is, like, not even thinking about that, which is weird to me that Burek is just so nonchalant. But I guess... I wonder if he picked his own name. Huh. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know either, but it just seems odd that he's so weird about the name thing. Yeah. Because then he doesn't want to name Fitz either. Well, Fitz is weird about the name thing, too. Yeah. He he never selects a name of his own in these early books. Yeah. He goes by boy, which he didn't know if he was just repeating what Jason said. Mm -hmm. He's a boy. He goes by Fitz, which is what Beerick calls him. Yeah. And he goes by Fitz Chivalry, which is a name that Verity gives him. Uh Uh-huh. He doesn't really take one of his own. He goes by Catalyst and Changer as well. Which is something the fool gave him. And Changer from Night Eyes, I think. And the only really one he takes is after Fitz dies is Tom Badgerlock. And that's Patience's name for him. Yeah, and Tom was Patience's name. Yeah. And... It's basically a disguise. He only calls himself Badgerlock. That's like the only thing that he claims as his own name. But I guess it would be hard. I mean, everybody makes such a big deal about him not having a name. Right. But he is a kid. Like, he can't... 
you, you don't ask people to name themselves. Like, I don't know. Some people have strong feelings of identity and who they want to be, and that's yes. perfectly fine, but a yes. 10-year-old kid is not one of them. No. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, surprised he's not like, I want to be New Boy Soldier Arms. That's my new name. <laughs> but they continue to talk about names, and Burek's like, you know... Just think about it for yourself for a while. You'll come up with a name that fits. And Fitz replies, Fitz. Fitz, sarcastically. And Burek is a little put out by that because, you know, it's a 10-year-old kid and it's the first time he's, like, talking smack back at mm-hmm. him. Getting a little tootie. Yeah. <laughs> Attitude. Yes. <laughs> he's like, let's just mend this leather. Yeah. <laughs> What a dad thing. Like, I'm not even going to acknowledge the attitude. Let's just... And Fitz won't let it be. Yep. They continue to talk about how bastards aren't rare in the town. And Eric talks about... How he's a romantic. Yeah. that. Yeah, he's a romantic. And that he wants women to be respected and he wants Fitz to have a good outlook on relationships between men and women. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want to go out on the town or anything like that while they were there. And that when he finds a woman he wants to settle down with, that he wants to know that all the children are his. Which ironic because his first child isn't even his. Yeah, he knows that though. I mean, it's not yeah. like it's a surprise, but yeah, because later, I mean, Nettle <laughs> is yeah. Fitz's. So. But I don't know. It's kind of sweet to know that this guy who had such like a all the girls wanted him, and he was such a player, but like actually, he just wants to find the one. I mean, a little prude and chaste and everything, I but mean, it's an outdated society in general. But, you know, but if very, that's what Very he, romantic, and yeah. he has his morals, and yeah. his right and wrong meter is <laughs> fixed straight. <laughs> he will never change what yeah. he thinks is right or wrong. No, for sure. But after that little revelation, um, Fitz asks what happened with his dad then. It's just more doubts that have crept into his mind since... Yeah. Mrs. Hasty's, you know, appointment with him. Yeah. And Bjork doesn't know. Yeah. And he seems to be just as disappointed in chivalry. He does he does try to well, he says they're not excuses, but he basically makes excuses for him at first, you know, cuz he was only 20 and far from home and trying to shoulder a heavy burden and they're not excuses. But it's as much as either of us will know. So, yeah, yeah I think he's kind of resigned to the fact, but mm-hmm. he does not like talking about it. How no. his friend and mentor, somebody and he really looked up to, his king, yeah, <laughs> failed. You know, veered from Burek's own moral course and moral compass. Yeah. So, Fitz settles into kind of a routine. Yeah. Lots of practice and. Lots of chores. Yes. And it says, I found myself mostly alone. Loneliness. And it talks about him, you know, trying to sleep and trying to 
fall into comfortable dreams, but he's used to the horses and the dogs around him and all their dreams coming into his mind and helping him sleep. Mm-hmm. And he lies awake and wonders about his father and his mother and how both of them could have dismissed me from their lives so easily. Yeah. I heard the talk that others exchanged so carelessly over my head and interpreted their comments in my own terrifying way. It's exactly a consequence of hearing all of that gossip straight up right away. And now he's in the keep itself. He's not really sequestered in the stables with Birik. Yeah. He's around people and errand boys and, and maids and mm-hmm. everyone that will gossip and talk about his heritage, his parents, what happened, why is he here, what mm-hmm. got messed up. And he doesn't sense a single friend. Um, yeah. And it is, the fir- it is the first time that he is away from so many animals. I mean, I guess we don't know his first six years what those were like but he's been staying with Burek over these animals that must have given him some sense of comfort um because he could feel connected to them so and that's the wit and he was just closer with beings whereas in this castle everybody's so spread apart that it wouldn't feel like you were with anybody yeah so that would be really lonely He's feeling incredibly lonely. And then we get an introduction to Chade. Yes. Who is also an extremely lonely man. And a a little bit of a creep. A little bit of a creep. (laughs) Not gonna lie. I mean, he's been living alone in the walls for 20 to 25 years. So So it's not really his fault he doesn't know to act. But also maybe don't stand at the end of a child's bed. (laughs) Just the image of like sleeping and then like you're a child and then a grown man that looks really scary holding a lamp right over you like follow me (laughs) (laughs) i just like he didn't think once like maybe i should gently wake him not just stare at him (laughs) it says he couldn't decide how old he was and since we kind of ballparked Shrewd is around 47 to 50-ish. Mm-hmm. Shade is an older half-brother to Shrewd, so he's probably Mid-50? anywhere from 50 to 55 or yeah. so. Which puts him, I believe, at the end of the series, over 100. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy. I mean, they have skill, Yeah, but he still, is using like, a lot of skill to keep yeah. himself together, but... That means, like, in his 70s, he was fathering multiple illegitimate children. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, hey, you know, (laughs) he has needs. (laughs) He was in a wall for a really long time. (laughs) I mean, he was. Well, we know know that about Shade. He was, uh, like I said before, an older half-brother to Shrewd. Yes. He was dropped off kind of like how Fitz was. Mm -hmm. I believe his mother died and his father dropped him off or something like that. I don't recall exactly the details. But he grew up in court. He was trained unknowingly as an assassin. Yes. But he also became, I think think Shade later calls himself more uh, arrogant and uh, more obsessed with his looks than Regal ever was and more vain, which is crazy. 
And then he had a potion blow up in his face that he was working on, sequestered himself away, and then left Buckkeep for a while. When he came back, everyone thought he died. So he introduced himself to, or re-met with Shrewd, mm-hmm. and Shrewd recognized him, and then he's been living in the walls ever since. Yeah, and Shrewd forgot about him. <laughs> he says that, <laughs> but I think it's just the brother joke kind uh, of thing. <laughs> maybe, I guess. I was just like, oh. But also, I just want to quickly point out that Shade is not his real name. I saw that too. So the shade leads fits up to the room and one side of the room is super comfortable looking mm-hmm. with books around, multiple scrolls, uh, multiple rugs on the ground, yep. easy chairs, tapestries on the wall, a fire. Fresh and fruit. then literally right down the middle on the other half of the room is a mess <laughs> and it probably smells of sciencey powders and random uh-huh. alchemical things. It's super dusty. It's super There's dusty. half-stopped projects that maybe got stopped months, even years ago. So, so <laughs> Fitz looks very upset by this and Shay's like, oh, I guess it's a mess. <laughs> Anyways, we'll introduce ourselves and they go to the comfortable side and he says something about his name, which I highlighted too. And it's, mm-hmm. man, I, I don't, understand fully i did not remember this i he asks what fits uh, well what fitz's name is yeah i i didn't really remember it either he, he kind of asks fitz to uh if he agrees with what he's gonna learn and Fitz is like, yeah, sure. And he's like, good. Now we'll make some introductions. You can call me Chade. And what can I, what shall I call you? He paused and waited. And when I did not offer a name, he filled in, boy, that's not names for either of us, but they'll do for the time we'll have together. And he never is anything other than Shade. Yeah. So I was kind of wondering if that is a mistake and that's actually his name or if it's a name he took when he died to the court and none of the court remembered him because when he comes out later, he's Chade Falstar and his illegitimate children, uh, Lant and Shine, have Falstar as a last name. So I'm sure Falstar was like his actual name, his last name, but I don't know if Shade was. I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll have to look out for it. I didn't think to look, but... I don't know if anybody says that they, like, remember him specifically, you know? I mean, he's really old. I know Verity does. Well, Verity would. Yeah. But I mean, like, the people of the court, you know? I don't think anybody does. They just know that he's an old bastard. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That he was just, he's an illegitimate born royal. But nobody really knows. So, I mean, maybe he just wanted... I mean, we know that his face is very disformed now, so maybe he just didn't want people to associate his young, handsome, youthful face with his new face. Maybe it's maybe it's his Tom Badgerlock. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I don't know either. Jade is his name to me. Yes, and he keeps and lots of secrets, so it doesn't yeah. surprise me that he never talks about it. I think there's only once where he we learn about his background, and that's in the literal last trilogy. Yep, <laughs> on his deathbed. So, uh-huh. so he kind of talks at Fitz and asks him if he wants to learn to be an assassin because he never got the choice of what he was learning, mm-hmm. and that was his stipulation to Shrewd. 
But he doesn't really give any other options. No, you know? no, he doesn't. I mean, I, th- I guess Fitz could say no, and then that would be like, well, he doesn't want to learn. But I think Chade would have taught him anyways. Yeah. Um, and I think Chade is kind of sad about that in general. There's a couple times where he's described as he nods sadly. Mm-hmm. He, he nods with like a hint of regret or things like that. Yeah. I think Shade is very happy to have somebody to talk to because it, it mentions a few times that he's like chattering on uh-huh. and making odd comments. And he yeah. talks about how, um, I wish Galen would teach you the skill, um, but he refuses to teach you. And it's a shame. I do want to talk about that for a second. Galen refuses to teach Fitz, yep. which who is Galen that he can just say, no, to the king, because presumably the king asked Galen, and he gets to say no, but Shade can't say no. That's just not right, because... But also, I didn't realize Galen was, like, old. Not old, but, like, I mean, I guess we know that he trained with um, Chivalry and Verity. Yeah, he was he was so above them, so he helped train he's them. In his, he's in probably around his 30s. I would I would say at least upper 30s would be my guess because I know he was a few years older than Chivalry and Verity oh, okay, mid okay. To, mid 30s maybe okay upper 30s see I guess in my mind he was the same age as Regal and I don't know why maybe just because they work together oh yeah and so I and just because thought... they're uh, brothers as well oh yeah but like half brothers. I guess. Yeah, that's right. Um, I forgot about that. Yeah, but Galen, no, Galen was almost done with his tutelage. He was like a, I think a journeyman skill user when Solicity died and he was helping teach Verity and Chivalry. Yeah. And they didn't quite reach that level either, as far as I remember. Yeah, because he's not a very good teacher. So. No, and he wanted to keep the secrets to himself anyways. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't make sense, because you're going to die eventually, so... Right, right. But, whatever. So anyway, I just thought it was interesting that he is the one refusing, and that he even has the ability to say no, but I guess... His loyalties lie in a different direction anyways. True. And he's the skill master, But still, and, if the king asks yeah. you, it feels like you can't say no. Apparently you can, and nothing happens to you, but... <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Um, but I, I do want, like, the skill is an interesting topic to bring up because yes. Jade has been desperately yearning for that mm-hmm. all of his life. And we see that come out in a very bad way later when yes. Fitz does learn the skill um, and when they get the skill scrolls later, even later on. Jade kind of dives headfirst and he, he feels like he was left out of that and it was part of his birthright. Yeah. Um, so even though it's a passing comment, it really has, it has shades of what's to come. <laughs> so Shade talks to Fitz a little bit about murder, which <laughs> he's like, well, I'm going to teach you. And Fitz is like waiting for him, you know, to continue. And he's like, it's murder more or less. Like, okay, <laughs> that's not how you bring up that topic to a 10 year old, in my opinion. But, but I guess I don't know a better way. But it was very funny that he just blatantly, let's murder more or less. 
killing people. The fine art of diplomatic assassination. Just, oh, shade. Do you want to preface this with, he led with, you are a king's man now. You have his loyalty. Mm. Maybe you'll be asked for service later, but right now you are, you have to be loyal. And then he's like, we're going to be learning murder. (laughs) And then he's like, are you okay with this? And Fitz is, when pressed, he's like, I don't like the idea of killing somebody. And Shade says, I don't like it either. But But Shade... can you learn? Yes. And maybe you'll decide later. Which is such a big question to ask a 10-year-old. Because mm-hmm. a 10-year-old has just been lectured on loyalty. Uh-huh. He just gave his loyalty to a king directly. Who may or may not have skilled in him the desire to <laughs> yeah. want to be loyal. Right. And now he's like, can you learn for your king? And he's like, yes, I can. And I'll decide later. Yeah. And then Fitz kills three years later at like 13 years old. So it's pretty leading, but Mm -hmm. I still love Shade, even though he is very sketchy as a person. (laughs) Yeah. And he does encourage Fitz to talk to him. Oh, yeah. To tell him what he's thinking and says, you won't be punished. Tell me, I can't teach you unless you talk to me. Burek sets a great example as a man, but Shade is the one who really brings out everything that Fitz becomes, basically. Mm-hmm. His intelligence, the actual skills of what he has and everything like that. It's He's an extremely important person to Fitz's development. Yes. Even if there are some um, not-so-great habits learned by him as well. That's Like, fair. the frequent use of herbs to yeah. help yourself and things like that. Yeah. Uh, they clean up the, the apartment oh. then. Shade kind of... We'll start now. Help yeah. me clean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also, big mood. If I had a kid and my house is messy, I'd be like, mm, yeah, we, we're going to learn murder. The first step to murder is that you have to clean my house. He does help then, side by side. Yes. <laughs> but also step one, clean house. You yeah. got to do it. <laughs> we meet Slink, his yes, weasel, his little weasel. And he has three lizards chilling in his room too. Yeah. I totally forgot yeah. that he just, he has random eclectic collections of literally everything that he wants. Why not? You live in a wall. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well be a weirdo. <laughs> After they're done, they sit by the fire and are relaxing a little bit. And Fitz is staring at Shade. And Shade kind of misinterprets that. Yeah. Because Fitz has been terrified of Shade for a long time. But after cleaning with him, he kind of gets used to him. He's, he's nicer. Now he's not so much terrified as just staring at the scars. And... Fitz is noticed staring, obviously, because it's shade. And he's like, seems familiar, doesn't it, boy? My face, I mean. How often do you think in his life people were like, you look just like your brother, the king? Like, because that's the first thing he thinks. He doesn't even think, oh, maybe it's because I have these weird scars. Well, he's not used to people reacting to his scars either because he hid from everybody. True. I mean, that's what Fitz gets every time. Oh, you look like your father. Uh-huh. Like, oh. You okay. get so used to that. Yeah, so so Shade immediately goes to that. And Fitz, in his head, the narration, <laughs> just right away, seems familiar, doesn't it? It didn't. 
I had been staring at the grotesque <laughs> nope. scars on the pasty white skin. A little harsh, but I mean, he was raised by Burek, so. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he says, don't trouble yourself about it, boy. It leaves its tracks on all of us. And sooner or later, you'll get the tumble of it. Obviously, he's talking about being a farseer as well. Mm-hmm. And a bastard of the royal line. Yeah. And then he kind of sends him on his way, walks him back down to his room. And tucks him in. And tucks him which, in. Which, uh, I made note that he smoothed the blankets over me as no one had done since I'd left Burek's chambers. Burek did it too. Burek has been tucking him into bed this whole time and we didn't know? Excuse me, Robin Hobb, but where was that <laughs> content? Uh... <laughs> I would have loved that content. Thank you very much. Important content we need. (laughs) Oh, Bjerg and Shade both tuck him in. It's cute. And obviously, since he probably didn't go go to bed until like three a.m. and probably had to wake up at six to get down for his chores in time, Uh he oversleeps. Yep. And Birk is real mad at him because he oversleeps. Because Birk doesn't know anything about this. No, not at all. (laughs) But. This part kind of made me chuckle a little. Um, well, yeah, any any shade thrown at Regal <laughs> makes you chuckle. That's fair. I really just don't like Regal. But Burek saying um, that, you know, just because you have a room in a castle and a crest on your jerkin, don't think that you can just turn in to some... Don't think that you can just turn into some sprawl-about rogue who snores in his bed until all hours and then only rises to fluff at his hair. I'll not have it. <laughs> Fitz is like, oh, like Regal? <laughs> you mean Regal, don't you? And Birka's like, uh-oh. He's like, what? <laughs> uh, nope. And I wonder if, in my mind, I wonder if he was, like, thinking of Regal or if he was just like... It's, I'm 100% sure it's subconscious. Birka is way too proper to mm-hmm. straight out say that. True. And besides, he would have straight up said, don't be like Regal, <laughs> if he meant Regal. But I just thought it was funny that Fitz is like, oh, like Regal? <laughs> <laughs> well, and when Fitz says that, Birik opened his mouth and then shut it. His wind-reddened cheeks grew redder. Neither you nor I, he muttered at last, are in a position to criticize any of the princes. I meant only as a general rule... That sleeping the morning away ill befits a man, and even less so a boy. And never a prince, I said this, and then stopped to wonder where the thought had come from. And never a prince, Burek agreed grimly. <laughs> so yeah. I'm pretty sure when it was brought up, Burek's like, uh, I was thinking of Regal, but <laughs> no, it is not good for anyone to do it. <laughs> and we then he, don't need to talk about <laughs> the princes, we're talking about you. <laughs> and then Fitz gets a couple good stories about his father leading and yeah. setting a good example and being a diplomat. Chivalry is a guy who didn't expect any more of people than he expected of himself. And he led by example. Yeah. And it didn't always make him popular, but his soldiers respected him. Yeah. And it's just kind of sad to see the glimmer of what could have been. Because, like, really before this... We hear a little bit about how he's a goody two-shoes, but we don't really see chivalry, like, examples of who mm-hmm. he was for real and not just a passing comment of, oh, looks like he wasn't as perfect as he seems. And apparently he had a real head for wine. Yeah. Hey. I'm wondering if that's talent. the skill, helping burn it away a little oh, bit. Oh, maybe. 
drink a bunch at a lord's table, skill away some of the uh, the fuzziness from the alcohol, and then uh, negotiate a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an interesting use of skill, although I'm not sure ethical. I think Fitz uses it later on in the series. Maybe. I'm not positive, but I seem to vaguely remember something like, oh, it must have healed some of what my body thought was poison inside of me or something Mm -hmm. like that. I don't remember fully. But Fitz calls himself a bastard, and it says that he heard it so often, but so seldom said it. And Beric is... Just replies, be your blood boy, and ignore what anyone else thinks of you. Fitz says, sometimes I get tired of doing the hard things. So do I. Do you think that when Burek says, be your blood, that he's kind of talking to himself too? Not just from his experience being a slave, but like what he's going through right now. Maybe. It's quite possible. I mean... They're both going through a lot of the same kind of things, so Mm -hmm. a lot of his advice could be just kind of what he reiterates to himself to get Get through. Get those self-affirmations in. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes I get tired of doing the hard things, and the agreement of so do I is, Mm -hmm. it feels like a, man, retweet that out. (laughs) Like, that is... Yeah. And, I mean, who doesn't, you know? Like, it is hard to do the hard things all the time (laughs) but you know they have a a pretty heartfelt and very insightful line of questioning and conversation for a 10 year old yeah and a like a 28 year old (laughs) or 26 year old no he's 30 he's he's, is he 30 right now well because he's the same age as chivalry oh sure yeah yeah because Fitz is 10 so and a a 10 year old and a 30 year old have like that's they're talking about how you think if you could do better, chivalry will want you back. And yeah. Eric's like, no, that ship has sailed, basically. Because it wouldn't be the same as before. Yeah. Things have changed, and as much as Burek hates to admit it, they've changed and he needs to move on. Mm-hmm. And... In his eyes, they have not changed for the better better for either of them. Yeah. For chivalry or for Beric. No. So. And poor Fitz, when he asks, it's all my fault he went away, isn't it? And, and the, the words of the weaving woman echoed in my head, but for the boy, he'd still be in line to be king. It's that gossip. Like, it's just... Yeah, it gets to you. If you hear it constantly, it really... Especially if you haven't met your dad. Right. You don't know any better because nobody's saying anything against that. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I just, ugh. You know he's out there. He knows of you and he doesn't reach out. Nope. Like that's, man, that hurts. Yeah. And Burek has to like reason with himself and I think this is the first time he's realized, I mean, in my mind, I read this as Burek realizing that it's not Fitz's fault. And this is a kid who he's grown to love asking if it's his fault that all this is happening. And he has to realize that, no, it's chivalry's fault. Like, you didn't ask to be born. You didn't ask for any of these things to happen. So it's 
and he's a grown adult. He made his choices. But, yeah, I don't know. I think maybe this is the first time Burek has really had to think about how Fitz is being affected by things. Right, and and really acknowledging it out loud Mm -hmm. in general. And he says, No, chivalry brought his downfall on himself, though that's a hard thing for me to say. And Fitz kind of mumbles under his breath into his horse's shoulder and your downfall too and Burek hears it and he's like I do well enough for myself Fitz I do well enough which poor Burek and I'm sure Fitz is just like kind of upset and I don't think he meant it to be hurtful no no he just is acknowledging that that's what happened and I'm sure Burek is just that's a fresh wound yeah it hasn't healed and Fitz is kind of repeating what he's heard too yeah I mean it, it's a fall from grace for both of them mm-hmm. and it's incredibly insightful even if you are just repeating some things for a 10 year old to to make those so yeah. it kind of shows that it, it kind of reinforces that people with the old blood are never really children and they do have that empathy yeah from being connected to all living people and, and that awareness. Mm-hmm. And uh, Beer comes around and changes the, the subject and asks why why you're talking so much. <laughs> What's gotten into you? <laughs> uh. And uh, he's pretty happy about it because it's um, it's a change. It's it's definitely a change from being cooped up with animals and being quiet and Beerick worrying all the time. Mm-hmm. Which. We didn't know Burek was worried. That's why he was worried. He was so quiet. We didn't even know he was worried about Fitz being so quiet. We don't hear a lot about or learn a lot about Burek's thoughts and worries except through these first few chapters because Burek is, he becomes more of a distant character. Mm -hmm. He's always in there and he's always important. Yeah. But his thoughts don't really come through because they're mostly concerns about Fitz talk directly and through conversations with Fitz. Yeah. But these early worries we don't really learn about except in circumstantial ways like Mm -hmm. this. So it's really interesting to to read about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I guess, I mean, Burek is the stern dad that has to set all the rules so he can't have any weaknesses. And now we have Shade and he's the cool dad that doesn't care. (laughs) (laughs) You can do whatever you want. (laughs) I don't even think he's a he's the crazed uncle that yeah. like buys him the fireworks. But then <laughs> he, he tells him to set him off. But then he's like, OK, but also count how many grains of <laughs> gunpowder are in there. Tell me and then recreate it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. And then. Fitz kind of has a monologue in his head, a, a discussion with himself about how Beric is a changed man. He is different um, from what he has heard before. And the last line is, the first time since he had known him, my wariness of him was tinged with pity. Yeah. And I don't think this is the saddest that we've seen Beric. I think a couple chapters ago was incredibly sad for him more mm-hmm. conversations at least for me yeah this one is more of him coming starting to accept his role 
I think this one is sad and that Oh, it's still sad. Yeah, no. But I think it's a different kind of sad. Like before it's sad because Burek is really going through it and it's he is sad and you can just tell he's really struggling. And now it kind of feels like the fight has gone out of him and you can just tell that like he knows he's less now. And that's not true. I think Bjork is still as great now as he was then, but he's lost a part of himself. He's different. He's yeah. much different now. And it, that's sad. But he's, I don't think, as sad as he was before. Just his situation is sad, and that's probably where the pity comes in. Which is also, I hate to think that... Fitz is feeling pity towards his father figure. Right. Because pity is so hard. When you're going through something, you hate it when somebody's pitying you. Oh, yeah. It's just not a good feeling. And so, especially if it's, like, you're a parent figure, which I don't know if Bjork ever knows that Fitz pitied him, but... You feel bad enough for yourself. You don't want anybody else to feel bad for you, too. (laughs) Because then it makes it real. (laughs) Uh All of these chapters leave off on a rough note. I know. Fitz is utterly lonely in this chapter. Yeah. And he's kind of kept too busy to feel sad or happy at all, ever. Yeah. He's just tired. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say he's mostly sad because he's so lonely all the time. He doesn't yeah. have any friends. He's separated from Birik, and even though he wasn't really that comfortable around him anymore, he didn't really love him anymore, they were in a routine they were content with one another being where they were in their place and now he's thrust into all these new situations he's learning under Birik a little bit hot a little bit shade a little bit but none of those relationships have advanced past anything that is just a mere passing teacher student relationship at this point yeah wish we had more happy things to say yeah <laughs> He and Shade do uh, do eventually become great friends. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, there's a hint that that's going to be something because it says that when they're talking together, like, Shade talks to him like they're both old men or perhaps young boys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. They were both craving companionship so much that they yeah. just kind of latched on to one another, I think. Yeah. And, I mean, I guess Fitz doesn't know Shade is a bastard yet. Right. But... You know, it w- a shade knows, and I, I'm I sure it's shade is drawn to that as well. Yeah, because who knows better than somebody who has he, had to go through? You can sympathize a little bit. Yeah. Well, if you have anything to say about this episode, please let us know. Uh, you can email us directly at isfitshappy at gmail dot com, or on any of our social medias at isfitshappy. Let your friends know about us. We'd love to have more people join the conversation and honestly have more people read this wonderful series. Yes. We are always looking to share our love of yeah. <laughs> Robin Hobb with others. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. 